0: Pain is some serious business. It ain't everyone who knows what to do about it. Now I hear there's a podcast just about this. It doesn't talk of pain alone, but other interesting things distracting the mind from it. So I suggest you tune in to Outsmart the Pain and listen to what Carsten has to say about it. Get ahead. Get it done. Listen to the podcast and maybe change your life or someone else's. So I have the great opportunity to actually talk to the first English native speaking guest in this outsmart the pain series. And that is Pete Moore from the UK. Welcome to this show.
1: Thanks Carsten for inviting me along. I'm really uh, keen to do this podcast interview because that's what it's all about. Pain becomes overwhelming, but we need some tools and skills to get our confidence back so that we get ourselves back in the driver's seat. I love the title of the book, smart in Pain.
0: And for all the listeners out there, you can go to my website and see the transcript of this pod. If you don't understand everything that Pete says or that I say, we will not go too deeply into your own story, but since you actually are a person with pain, you're just not a lecturer or author, you are someone who experienced pain. What was your turning point? When and how did
1: you decide that I need to do something about this? That's a question I get asked quite frequently. And uh, sometimes I get fed up talking about it, but I think it's important because other people out there listening to this who are struggling with their pain will identify. Back in the early 90s, I was prolapsed. Went to the doctor and got the pills, and it wasn't getting any better. Days went into weeks, weeks went into months, and months went into years. I was really struggling, and my lowest point, and where I think I had to take action, was on my birthday, 31st December ninety four. Actually, I think about ending my life, because. Then I was in the mid-40s, and uh, I just couldn't see what's the future. <laughs> there was no future. It's just every day melted into the next one. The pain was just going on every day, and I just woke up and said, how much pain am I going to be in today? Looked in the mirror. I saw myself, and I thought, this is the guy that's going to get me out of this mess. So it was about me taking action. There was no computers. There was no such thing as email. A lady in Norfolk was telling me about the pain management programme she'd been on in London. I contacted them, I've got to get myself on this programme. It's 25 years ago, actually, 1996, that I went on there, on the programme. And what that programme gave me, Carsten, it gave me the tools and skills. I was stretching, exercising on a daily basis. But more importantly, it gave me the confidence to manage my pain myself. I'm doing more things now, you know
0: you're saying something very important because you started with saying that you had three prolapsed discs. I know that there are people out there who has a pain where they can't really see anything anywhere that is related to their pain. And and that is still a, a real pain, but you did actually have prolapsed discs, but I don't hear you say anything about surgery or like many people i meet that they start by thinking oh this is the way i have it now three prolapse discs at this age this is just going downwards yeah. i i can't hear anything like that didn't you no. think that these discs really need some re- repair or or how did you manage
1: that part well you know i've become a doctor shopper i was a therapy shopper i'd had x-rays of had MRI scans and they the scans come up, and the X-ray. That I, I'm not pain-free, but, but my pain levels are such low frequency they don't really bother me. And as I become an older person, with osteoarthritis and, and joints, keeps all that uh, all that down as well. I had some really negative messages said to me back in the day. Uh, one orthopedic surgeon, he, he said, "Your spine is like a digestive biscuit." Digestive cakes. Hmm. Your spine is like a digestive biscuit.
0: <laughs> oh. I have someone where the radiologist said that your spine looks like a rotten flagpole. How, how do you get these people to start mobilizing if they know okay. that their whole body is supported by a rotten flagpole or yeah. crumbling digestive biscuits? Do you think that healthcare workers have a responsibility on how to communicate with people with pain?
1: They have a massive responsibility. They're just repeating what they've been told in med school. You know, that sort of language, it frightens people. It frightened me because my spine is like, you know, crumbling, digestive biscuit. I was very careful. So I stopped, I was walking around, holding on to things. I was very careful how I moved. Because I wasn't moving around, I was still eating, I put a massive amount of weight, not moving, all my joints started to, um, I call them, get rusty, you know. An unused muscle will feel more pain than, than an exercise one. Listen to this. We hear a lot of
0: interesting things and maybe you think that I don't remember everything and do I need to listen to this many times. I do take episodes and think about my own thoughts about our conversation. And uh, I would really suggest that you listen to that. It comes one week after the episode and I will tell you in conclusion what we talked about and what I think about it. So head on to that episode when you can. I I sometimes hear that the pain is in your head and, and I say, do you see the painting over there? And they say, yeah, well, Sad to tell you, but it's all in your head. (laughs) Because Mm. uh, the vision and sounds and and feelings, everything is in your head. And just because pain is processed in your brain, then it's not real. So Mm. it is in your head, but it's not the way that people usually understand, is it? Mm. You were here some years ago and actually had some lectures in Stockholm here in Sweden. And two things that really caught my eye were that first of all, between the lectures, you did exercise and stretch because that was really a way for you to make the, the lectures work for you. You were really persistent in your own treatment and you always took the stairs and you just looked at me when I took the escalator and I kind of got a bad conscience. The, the second thing was that someone asked from the, the audience that now when you're pain free or less pain or something like that of course it's easy for you to travel around and and have lectures and you answered well actually i have more pain now than i had before but i know how to deal with it or or something like that that was really revealing for all of us that you could have a better life and not even thinking about pain more than treating it so you talk about self management that's like your big deal you are the beacon of light for self-management could you just tell us what is that what does that have to do with pain treatment
1: yeah self-management so in collaboration with the healthcare professional what they're doing is actually working more closely in their in their circle of support it could be the healthcare professional friends family work colleagues etc I've never yet met anyone who's uh, had long-term pain and solved it all on their own. It's not a marriage. It's not till death do you part. At some point, they've got to let you go because we have to work out things for ourselves. I'll go and see the physio, the osteopath, the chiropractor or whatever, and they will sort it out. Well, do you know what? I'll get problems, but I sort it out. You
0: don't get dependent on other people?
1: No, I haven't seen a... When was the last time I saw a doctor about pain? Um, it's got to be 20 plus years ago, I guess. How many years? About 20 plus years. And what about painkillers?
0: How many do you take a week?
1: I don't take any. <laughs> I haven't taken any painkillers since 1997. 20, 20, 24 years ago.
0: <laughs> wow. In the same breath that you talk about your self-management, you often talk about people with pain needing to be responsible themselves for their treatment coming from someone who actually is so to speak on the other side and can speak neutrally about yeah. this what do you have to say about the own responsibility in pain treatment
1: we need to be more responsible take more responsibility self management is about taking action it's about being more responsible when i'm doing my workshops i start to talk about self management what is it did you brush your teeth this morning yeah yeah of course i brush my teeth well why do you brush your teeth well keeps my breath fresh and you know help you from staying away from the dentist they're brushing their teeth uh, twice a day so they don't have to have any unnecessary visits to the dentist they're self-managing and it's the same thing without pain it's about having a responsibility so you, you have the
0: website paintoolkit.org. Yeah, and that's your organisation. Could you tell us what you do there?
1: Yeah, the pain toolkit—it's become uh, quite a popular uh, resource now, not only for people with pain but also healthcare professionals. Being able to supply the information in a format that people like to learn from. I think about all the manuals. I really want a
0: list how to do things, and nowadays you always have to watch a video. <laughs> On how, and and it's like seven minutes and I want to read a list and just do it and not talk about four minutes on how to prepare to do those last two minute things. But the younger generation, they always look on the videos, how to do things and learn that way. They probably don't want the lists that I want. So that's really important.
1: I'm looking at how people would want their information perhaps in the future. But people tell me they like that vr concept even now you know we're doing vr for educational purposes it's about having fun as well and i think that's what I'm missing in in self-management or pain self supported self-management is it's pretty dry you see
0: I had a patient who said that in all other medical conditions, the physician asks how you feel and your symptoms, and then they talk about treatments and decide on something to do. But when it comes to persistent pain, it seems like the physician already made up his or her mind that it doesn't matter what you say, they already know what to think about this. Is that true? Or was that just one patient saying that?
1: No, no, it's true. See, but it's not the consultant or the doctor's fault. Once you've had pain for longer than three months, other things start to kick in, like low mood, depression, relationship worries, work problems. You get tired more easily, lose your fitness, get depressed. And these things here become more, more of a problem than the actual pain itself. It's like teaching someone to drive, but don't bother telling them that is something you'll have to learn on the job yourself, you know? I mean, you just can't do that. You're so focused on the medical model that there's no the long term strategy is just when the next appointment will be.
0: But let's say that someone is listening and they have back pain. Maybe nothing has been seen on x-rays or maybe they even had surgery, which didn't help very much. They mostly lie in bed. They need their painkillers because they can't even get out of bed if they don't start with the painkillers. Now they're listening to this episode. What would be your first suggestion for someone who who is in that situation, which you actually were in many years ago?
1: Yeah, I was like, I was just laid around all day long. I was laying on the floor all the time. I would get out of bed, then go and lay on the floor. <laughs> so I could watch the TV. I put the, the TV on the wall. They put the TV up, up near, so it was near the ceiling. So I didn't have to, you know, crank my neck over. There is a way out of it. For me, it was via the pain management programme. You've got to come to that conclusion to start changing. And people change it different ways. A lot of people listening to this, they're going to think, yeah, well, that's all right for him. But trust me, I've been there. And that's why I'm still doing it after 25 years, because I don't want anybody to be in a position like I was back in 94 I'm speaking to people and I can see it in their eyes they're not ready to change yet they're still they're still looking for that fix and so so
0: actually the the first thing that you said was when you were looking into the mirror and said that I am going to do this myself in, in that moment you actually put yourself in the driver's seat yeah yeah so so that must be like the first step that don't depend on someone else to fix this. Uh, you might need help, but you are the one who needs to fix this. Is that yeah. a conclusion yeah. you would agree on?
1: Yeah, but you, you don't have to wait until you're down to the level where I was. When you want to think about yourself. you can do it before then. You know, you can get out the lift at any floor. You don't have to wait till you get to the, to the bottom floor before you want to get out and take action. Mm. You can get out the lift now. But you're going to need some help. And they're going to choose a healthcare professional as a team who is familiar with pain management as you are. But remember, you got to do the work. They're going to help you build uh, plans together. But you're going to have to do the work. I've read your book. Now send me the muscles. <laughs> mm-hmm. It
0: ain't yeah. going to happen.
1: You know, you've got to put the work in.
0: Mm. Can anyone become better? Or are there people that
1: will never get better? That's a really tough question. I want to be honest with you, I've got a brother-in-law, right? He, he's had back pain longer than me. So ask me how many times he's rung me up for any help and advice. Zero. He's still struggling now. And as he's becoming an old person, because of all the pills he's been taking, he's now got severe stomach problems. But he, he ain't ready. He still isn't ready. He, he's in that medical model, and he ain't coming, coming out of it. So what would you
0: say is the biggest obstacle for people who do not
1: get better, uh, in your view? First off, you've got to come to that conclusion that you want to move on. I've become sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't think a healthcare professional can't decide that for you. you. Accepting that pain is going to be with you for a long period of time.
0: But if someone says, oh, I want to move on, but I can't because I have too much pain.
1: So much pain now but teaming up with the right healthcare professional an experienced healthcare professional who is uh, familiar with pain self-management and then work together. Carsten, I'm not an academic fella. I've never been to university. I've got no medical qualifications whatsoever, but all all I can really say to you and the listeners there is that if I can do it, you can do it.
0: That's really great. I'm very happy to talk about these issues with someone who is not a physician. Because I think that many people can relate better to you than to me because I'm still a doctor who tries to tell people how to do. I really think that reading the book Outsmart the Pain would be a good start because we use patients' experiences, what what have worked for them. My co-author is also experiencing pain, so you could start there. Pete, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I hope it won't end here because probably many listeners will actually surf into painttoolkit.org. And I hope that we have been able to give them some sort of advice in this episode. Thank you very much for inviting me, Al Carsten. For everyone out there, be well and prosper.